This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to be talking about Advent and sweet holiday rhythms with my friend Gail Boss. She wrote the beautiful book, All Creation Waits, and this year there's a new picture book companion available as well, which has been a really well-loved Advent resource along with Unearthing Wonder for Peaceful Press families. So I'm so excited to chat with Gail about really... How did she write such a beautiful and lyrical book and some of her winter nature rhythms? Thanks for joining me today, Gail. Such a pleasure, Jen. Thank you. I'm really excited. Your book was so unique. I remember several years ago, a friend on Instagram read it and showed it to me. And then I read it to my children that winter. And then I was like, my goodness, this is so beautiful to be um, really special to just pair it with some Bible verses and some kind of uh, family activities. And so that has become one of the favorite winter resources for peaceful press families is this pairing of your all creation weights along with um, my Advent resource, Unearthing Wonder. But the magical part of all creation weights is the way that you paint these beautiful pictures of animals in winter and not just like facts, you know, because anywhere we can go to a nature book and find facts, but you really pair them with a lot of our own human emotions, the longing for the salvation of Jesus, the the waiting, the needing to have companionship in that waiting. And I think for so many families, th- this has been a hard few years and sometimes reading about the pain, even that winter animals go through, the way their hearts slow down or the way they have to fight to stay alive can be very comforting to us as humans as we're in in a season of waiting for the salvation of the Lord. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write such deep and beautiful words. Mm. Uh, thank you for that opportunity to talk about that. Um The book really arose from an advent calendar I made for my children. I tell this story in the introduction to the book, and I tell it at some length. Um, But when my children were four and when I was pregnant with my second child, I wanted to add an advent calendar to the um, other advent practices that we had as a small and growing family. So I began looking for an advent calendar, but all I could find were advent calendars. Now, this was in 1996, so there weren't quite the plethora of advent calendars there are now. But all I could find were advent calendars with either pictures of gift packages and candy canes and reindeer, or advent calendars with the cast of the nativity, shepherds, wise one sheep. And I thought, those aren't advent calendars. Those are Christmas calendars. Advent is about the waiting for this nativity miracle to unfold. It's about waiting, and it's about waiting when the waiting is hard, when it's dark and it's cold and the light is not on the horizon or the growing light is not on the horizon, especially if you live in Michigan, like I do. Uh, So I thought, well, I have no choice but to make my own advent calendar. So as I thought about what could go behind the little individual doors, the tiny doors, 
Just as I was beginning to think about that, providentially, my best friend and my son's godmother sent to me her reflection on the turtle, the painted turtle, and how the painted turtle is a beautiful symbol for the soul in a dark time. She was speaking metaphorically, but this turtle as a symbol uh, for the soul, what it does to be healthy and whole. And she noticed that the turtle digs down under the mud. It goes so still, it stills its body and becomes so quiet that it doesn't breathe for six months. And she said, sometimes that's what a soul needs to do. It needs to become so still and wait for life to return to it. And I thought, that's it. That's what goes behind door number one of my advent calendar. Not only because it's a beautiful symbol for waiting in the dark, which is what advent is all about, but also because my little boy loved pictures of animals. So it was this beautiful pairing of symbol, the symbol for our souls, and the uh, natural world that my son loved. Mm, so I, love I drew that. a little turtle on door number one. And then because she had opened the way to animals, I began looking for other animals and their wisdom uh, about living and thriving through a dark season. So then a bear, a chickadee, a doe, a snake, all of these animals began to come to me and um, tell me about their wisdom for Advent. Well, we used the Advent calendar for 17 years before I even had the idea of making a book. I didn't have the idea even of making the book until 2013. And, you know, frankly, I've, I've reflected on this. I don't know how I made that leap from Advent calendar to book. I wasn't really hungry for a book of Advent reflections. The calendar was enough for me. Maybe it was that people who would come to our home during Advent and would be part of that Advent ritual of opening the door. And then I always used when we opened the door, a bit of a poem and a little bit of natural history about the turtle to, to talk to the kids about why we had this turtle on an Advent calendar of all things. Um, and they would learn that it was a symbol for what our souls must do in the dark time. People would come and they would hear about it adults now and older readers too, because my kids were bringing home their friends when they were teenagers to do this. They would say, oh, that's so cool. I've never seen an Advent calendar like this. And I wish I knew that about Advent. So maybe it was that, but I can't really tell you how I made the leap into writing a book other than that. I'm a writer. I love books. And people were telling me they wanted to know the things in our Advent calendar. Yeah. I love that metaphor of the turtle just you know, having to go quiet, because I think as mothers, so often our inclination when we're in a, a hard time, or even, you know, you think about the Christmas season, like it really should be this time of sitting quiet with our families and enjoying firelight and the hot chocolate and, and games and getting closer as a family. And so often it becomes this time that just wears us out with outings and shopping and a lot of separation, really. And so your book, I felt just really brought to home, this idea of just 
being a little bit more still in this season and then experiencing the presence of God in a deeper way because of that. And, and what we've done, you know, to transition, because the chapters in your book are, you know, there's a couple of pages of, of, of a lot of words that are so beautiful and so encouraging. And so we just created these little coloring discs for children that they can sit there and color the advent animal and when they're when you're done with the reading that can go on the tree as a sort of reminder of what the story was all about and then this year there's a picture book companion so I'm really excited for families to be able to experience that but how did you do the research like our families with the peaceful press love learning from nature for we recognize how restorative nature is to our soul how what an opportunity it is to experience God and so, you know, nature study is a part of our weekly rhythm, but there was a lot of knowledge that went into that book. How did you do the research and how did you discover all of the information, this beautiful information about animals that you included? Sometimes I started with something as simple and mundane and embarrassing even as the Wikipedia page on Painted Turtle. But I would mostly read the Wikipedia page for the sources at the end. And if it's a good Wikipedia page, it will list scientific journals and researchers who are prominent in the field of study about a particular animal. Then I'd go and look for their articles and their books, and um, they would be in everything from the popular nature sections of the library to the scientific journal sections of the library. Um, that was the hard part of the research. I am a humanities all the time kind of girl. And to read the science written by scientists um, was tough. It was a discipline. And I often called on scientist friends to help me understand what was being said. But then the more I sat with it and listened to it, the metaphors that were in the experience of the animal would just rise up like the chickadee, how its actual hippocampus grows in order for it to remember where it is cached thousands, tens of thousands of seeds through the winter. And then how it draws on that memory to know where to find those seeds, but that it still by the end of winter isn't sure if it will have enough seeds. And that just reminded me so much of the poverty of St. Francis and how he approached poverty and the day-to-day -day reliance on God as a joy. So the metaphors, I guess because I'm a writer and have had a lot of practice with this, it just rose up through the scientific research, which oh, was the hard part. Yeah, it's so amazing because we homeschool many, most of us in the peaceful press community with something called the Charlotte Mason method, which is really about reading living books. And, and it is sometimes hard to find scientific living books, you know, uh, the books by Holling C. Holling are ones that I can think of. We included those in the Playful Pioneers volume two resource, but All Creation Waits is really one of those natural history living books. Like the stories are just so engaging and deep and dear but also have tons of amazing information. So I love that, you know, a family could be doing an Advent resource and at the same time covering science and literature and so many other subjects. So we're, we're big fans of getting things, uh, being uh, efficient in a, in a healthy way so we have more time for the soul to breathe. One of the things you talk about in your book is some of your own winter nature explorations with your children because part of what gave you a heart to write this book was that you had 
enjoyed nature, even in winter with your children. What are some of the ways you did that? I know this is, you know, some years in the past now for you, but I'm sure those are bright memories for you. Mm. Yes, um, we live right on the edge of an ecosystem preserve, 150 acres of an ecosystem preserve. So, and there are nice paths that they keep in the winter shoveled and plowed. So every day, it's a five minute walk from our back door. We would walk in Advent. No, not every day. Some days the winter, the weather just won't permit it. But we would walk often through the backyard and the paths to the preserve, and we would watch these animals. We'd sit at the edge of the pond to see if the muskrat would surface and sit at the edge of the ice, and we knew that we had to go near dusk, which isn't hard in Advent here because dusk is 4.30, 5 o'clock. We'd go sit near the edge of the pond. Um, early in the day, we'd go and look for the wild turkeys or the deer, and we would just sit still and watch them. And then because we had been using the Advent calendar, we knew some things about muskrats. We knew that he was diving down to the bottom of the pond where his only food grows, but that that's so taxing on his circulatory system, he comes up into his little push-up huts to, to uh, snuggle with others to, to get body warmth in order to make that frigid journey to the edge of the pond. So we would just talk about how amazing that was as we'd sit and watch. And some of the animals came right to our backyard. The fox squirrels, we have loads of them in the trees, and some of them come to our hands and take peanuts out of our hands. Uh, the chickadees, the cardinals, the rabbits, the cottontails. So some of it was nothing more than on, on really cold days looking out the window. But other days we walked to the preserve. And then also I will say I grew up 200 miles farther north uh, from here. And on trips on Christmas vacations or other trips up in the winter, we would walk with my dad on his 400 acres of land to see if we could find any bear tracks, um, to see if we could see a porcupine way up in the tops of the trees, any bobcat. So there was that too. There was that opportunity. And I realized how privileged I am and my kids were growing up. Yeah, it's amazing to just recognize the difference that it makes for us and for our children when we get to experience nature as part of our daily lives, because it, it does give us so much perspective and really creates a taste for something different. I think that's one of the things I really want to encourage families with over the Christmas season is that there are things that are better and more enjoyable and bring more pleasure to your family than a bunch of toys or a bunch of events. Like, just like you said, sitting at the edge of a pond and watching for the muskrat to surface um, is such a beautiful and uh, soul, a life-giving experience or going out to cut down a Christmas tree together or um, making a bird feeder and hanging it up in the tree. Like all of these kinds of slower, softer experiences are going to bring so much more joy to your children than a $400 steam deck or whatever the um the indoor plastic mind-numbing pursuit is and and what we're teaching our children it's not just about like spending less money or enjoying nature it's more a life skill that someday when they are stressed they will know where to go and how to experience the peace of god yes and I think it's important to note, too, that by doing that, we're returning to the heart of our Christian tradition. The 
Christian tradition for Advent recognizes it as a season for slowing down to wait for the light because you can't, you can't um, praise and give glory and, and know the hope of the light unless you've sat in the darkness. And it is a dark season. We have, been, we have abdicated that tradition by surrendering to a culture that says more, more, more and more stuff rather than being still with each other and waiting in hope. Yeah, it's so good. I One of my mottos for myself and the Peaceful Press is, earth is crammed with wonder and every common bush of fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. And part of what we're doing in our homes and our homeschools is we're creating a, you know, a home for the service of the Lord in a sense. And that does mean making that space in our, in our traditions year round, really, space in our homes, whether it means simplifying the homeschooling or whether it means reading books that highlight the peace of God, or whether it means doing less shopping and simplifying your, uh, your budget in a sense that you have more mental space, even because I think that we don't, we don't recognize sometimes in the season of Christmas, when all the advertisements are coming at us, the real cost to our health, even of all of that being on the phone and shopping and spending money, and then the stress of paying the bills after there's a human cost of that that is beyond the the momentary joy of opening a bunch of presents. Yes, and I think psychologists tell us that depression is rife at Christmas time and right after Christmas time. Part of the thing that um, motivated my initial research about the season of Advent, which preceded even the Advent calendar, um, was besides a writing project that I was asked to do on the history of Advent, was my own seasonal December depression. And I took it as a weakness. A I couldn't keep up with everybody else who was uh, shopping and partying and cramming life in to December, I would I would get worn down, I would be depressed, and I thought, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I learned in that research about the Christian tradition, the Christian health tradition of slowing down to wait for the light, that really I wasn't the sane one, not the crazy one, because my body was registering the loss all around us at this season and was wanting to do that, was wanting to absorb the seasonal loss and rest in it. And so when I got that freedom to let go and to be with the earth and what the earth was doing, my seasonal December depression went away. Oh, I love that so much. And it's interesting because in my companion, Unearthing Wonder, which is with All Creation Waits, one of the activities that we do actually is to grieve some of our Christmas memories. Because I think sometimes we don't even recognize how much coming into the season of Christmas, we are doing things to make up for something that wasn't there in childhood. And, you know, the the a lot of the church fathers, they would have a process of contemplation where maybe at the end of a day, they would ask themselves, you know, when did I feel unrest today? And this is sort of what we're doing, like at the end of a year, instead of just burying our feelings with more activity, slowing down so that you can, maybe it does mean you have to grieve something. Maybe it does mean recognizing, wow, Christmas was always so stressful in my home and I was always so disappointed. Taking some time to process that and ask Jesus to comfort you in that can be a way of 
overcoming that seasonal depression or taking time to maybe look at how you're taking care of your body. Are you needing more naps or more vitamins or some vitamin D or more walks outside, whatever it is, just slowing down enough so that you can even be in tune with what you and your family needs. Such a good reminder, Gail. Well, I'm really excited that we had this chance to talk today. Where can families find your new All Creation Weights picture book and the rest of your resources? Yeah, they can find any of it, all of it, (laughs) wherever books are sold. Okay, wonderful. Well, we'll link that in the show notes. And I just thank you so much, Gail, for taking time to share your wisdom and encouragement today. It's been such a joy. Thank you. It was a joy for me, too. If you're looking for a way to bring more peace and comfort into your home this Advent season, grab the beautiful combination of All Creation Weights and Unearthing Wonder. Each day you'll read about a different animal in All Creation Weights, and then in the companion guide, Unearthing Wonder, your children can color the ornament, you'll have a Bible verse and a short Christian devotional along with a family activity. Maybe it's a song or baking cookies together or talking about your own Christmas memories. As you do this each day, you will create a beautiful sense of peace in your home, so much contemplation and comfort and closeness as a family. And you'll be able to arrive at the celebration of Christmas with a more deeply connected and joyful family. You can grab those resources at the link in the show notes. That would be All Creation Weights and Unearthing Wonder, a beautiful Advent companion. 